0: Welcome to the Advance Born Global podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance.org, the professional network for overseas Australians. This podcast introduces remarkable Australians who have built their career overseas. We celebrate their optimism, creativity, and resourcefulness to succeed across the globe. In this series, we meet the 2021 Advance Award winners. During each episode, I inform the interviewee that they will receive an Advance Award. Listen out for their unfiltered and heartfelt responses. I hope you enjoy getting to know more about these inspiring global Australians. In this episode, you will meet Sam Levy, winner of the Commercial Creatives Award in 2021. Having won Tony, Olivier and Drama Desk Awards, Sam is currently working in New York as a Managing Director and Theatre Producer of Tromper Park. Due to some technical difficulties, Sam is interviewed initially by Kathy Campbell, who produced the 2021 Advance Awards. Towards the end of this interview, my sound is reconnected and I get to ask Sam a few final questions. Enjoy this wonderful conversation.
1: So you're explaining what it is that you do how did you arrive at that? Was it something that you always had as a goal or did you kind of follow naturally a process and come to it?
2: So not at all did I ever have a goal. Um, I, I could have never imagined that I would be so fortunate to end up doing what I actually do. Uh, when I was a kid, I think my my goal was probably to be an actor. Um, but by the time I got to university, I was really focused on other things, politics, Advocacy, human rights, all the good uni things. Um, it wasn't really until I moved to New York in my early thirties that I saw working in theatre really as an option, especially as a, as something other than an actor, um, which is good because I was a terrible actor. Um, and I think for me, it was realizing that the theater and the arts in general and and television and film and radio required large teams of people not all of whom were were front and center and on stage so my goals changed and and where i started with with that that journey was probably in high school like like many people who go into theater i started at high school and then got sidetracked for a decade or so um, I did all sorts of things uh, that were unrelated to theater. And I was very fortunate by the time that I was reconsidering my con- career path, which was after completing an MBA, working for an internet startup and then for a CEO of a major hedge fund, I was really mentored by some extraordinary women uh, who allowed me to dip my toes. Um, in various parts of the business that I don't think I would have been able to do uh, at any other time. I I jumped into the art straight after September 11th, 2001. And the entire industry was evolving from from a catastrophic uh, change and a catastrophic strike, literally, um, on New York. And in many ways, the skill set that I brought to the industry was the right skill set for that particular moment. It was the first time that we were looking at things like dynamic pricing and uh, the internet had just become part of the world of theatre and ticket purchasing and travel and tourism um, in a way that it just hadn't existed before. So in many ways, I was kind of in the right place at the right time um, and uh, I think if it had been somewhat different and I had been coming in maybe 10 years later or 10 years earlier, I would have had a very, very different world that I would have entered and my skill set might not have been seen as attractive as it was given the fact that I wasn't trained as an actor or as a musician and hadn't worked in theatre for the 30 years prior to sort of jumping in.
1: Wow, that's such an interesting journey. So it sounds like something called you overseas. You were in the corporate world at the time. What made you choose to head out of Australia and, and go work elsewhere in in the US?
2: Well, I had undertaken my graduate degree in Australia. I had spent a couple of years uh, early uh, in my undergraduate career at UCLA, and had very much enjoyed the experience of that. Although I've got to say, you know, it was in it was in the early nineteen nineties, and so uh, I got a part time job working at Qantas, working at the airport at LAX, and that was my communication with Australia at the time. Phone calls were six dollars a minute. Um, there was no internet. Uh, people didn't just jump on planes for two-week holidays, even, you know, that recently. So I was in the fortunate position that while I was working at Qantas, at LAX, as well as studying, um, I was able to sort of grab the Sydney Morning Herald. It, was, it would come off used and, and slightly wilted off the airplane. Uh, and that was my entire uh connection to to australia i i again phone calls were were four or five six dollars a minute i didn't have the money to do that as a student so in some ways again i was very fortunate that being in that job allowed me to maintain a connection with australia in a way that i think if i hadn't had that job i might have felt much more distant and that could have gone either way it could have been A desperate yearning to get back to Australia and to be with my family and friends, or it could have been one of several of of my friends and colleagues who were doing the same thing at the same time, uh, who completely disconnected with them. Um, I moved back to Australia um, after the LA uh, earthquake, the Northridge earthquake in 1994, and uh, worked uh, for the New South Wales government for a little while, then went Uh, to go do my uh, master's of business administration and at the end of that I was really interested in just sort of getting out of town for a little while. So I moved to San Francisco uh, to spend sort of six months there and was just very lucky that uh, with the internet 1.0 uh, starting up in the dot com boom of the late 1990s and early 2000s, that there was a labor shortage and people were looking for people to work in all sorts of things uh, that might, again, might I might not have otherwise been considered for. Fortunately, having an MBA, again, those were the sorts of skills that were being sought at the end of the 1990s. Um, and I worked for a startup internet company that eventually brought me to New York um, and allowed me to change careers.
1: Wow. I have one more question I'd like to, to just ask you. You mentioned earlier that the day after September 11, you changed career paths. Was that a coincidence or was that a catalyst for you?
2: It was, a, it was somewhat of a catalyst. I mean, in the sense that I had moved to, uh, I was living in San Francisco at the time of September 11, 2001. And I was due to fly out on September 12, 2001 for a business trip to New York. And that business trip obviously got cancelled, but just got pushed later and later and later. By the time I moved to New York, it was, uh, I I was here for work in December and January 2002. And again, I was in the fortunate position that, uh, I I keep making it sound like I just land in the right place at the right time with my feet down. It's probably more complicated than that. But in some ways, uh, the lower rents, uh, that happened as a result of September 11th. Um, the fact that I was uh, pretty free uh, from from any particular location. I think the fact that the dot-com I was working for was evolving and I was less and less interested in doing that. Um, I got headhunted for for a hedge fund, which I worked at briefly. But really you know, within a couple of years of September 11th, I was asking myself the same questions that I'd been asking for a couple of years by then, which is, well, what do I really want to do? And what is it going to be that makes me happy? And eventually somebody asked me the really obvious question at the time, which was, you love theatre, why don't you do theatre? And I sort of poo-pooed it away and dismissed it. And I said, well, theatre, I mean... First, you don't make any money, and I'm living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. And second, who would hire me? I've got an MBA. I haven't done theatre. I was a crap actor. I wasn't a very good director. But it sat with me for a little while, and because there was this great evolution in New York and there were these assumptions about New York changing forever and never returning to uh, a, a pre-9/11 world, and in fact, that discussion I think happened all around the world. I think it happened in Australia as well, as well as in the United States. That nothing will ever be the same. I thought, oh, well, that sort of works perfectly because if nothing will ever be the same, then maybe I can wrangle my way into the theatre business. And I was in the fortunate position that that I, uh, again, sort of right time, right place, and uh, was worked for a. a an amazing woman who had been theatre producing for a few years before that but was also young, people who were seeking non-traditional skills, people who were seeking uh, candidates for the industry that had done completely different things and had never worked in theatre before and might have been able to bring a new perspective. And with my internet experience, with my MBA, um, I think people, instead of saying, sorry, you're not a theatre person, were like, hmm... You know, you know a little bit about the internet. We know nothing about the internet. You know a little bit about dynamic pricing. We don't know anything about dynamic pricing. You know a little bit about inventory management. Come along. So that's really what happened.
1: That's amazing that those skills that you've gained in in another industry have become so valuable in this one. And um, one of the other finalists had talked about the fact that what we need now is people to have such broad experience rather than just digging deep into one area is is the way forward in so many ways. Now, Sam, I wanted to also let you know that another sneaky reason we got you on this call is to let you know that you are actually the winner of the Commercial Creative Award.
2: Goodness. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm now going to faint or something. Um, Wow, thank you so much. Um, I can't believe that. That's amazing. Um, I'm speechless. And that's a rare thing <laughs> that you've actually made, rendered me speechless. Wow. Um, cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly completely and utterly touched. So now I'm going to freestyle. Um, when I moved to New York after a few years on the West Coast, uh, this this organisation, Advance, had just emerged. I think at the time it was called, uh, it was YAPA, Young Australians Professionals Abroad. Um, and I think we were basically a listserv made up of primarily finance professionals or corporate players or management consultants um, who had been here for a few years and then would take off either back to Australia or firmly entrench themselves um to to be included a with such an amazing group of finalists from uh, across the arts and and commercial creatives and and the amazing talent and science and finance I, I mean'm I'm, I'm genuinely shocked and touched and uh, delighted um wow <laughs> I hope I can sound more eloquent than this if I... <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get to make a speech, I feel like I'm sort of all over the place, and I've got <laughs> I'm sl- slightly faint. <laughs> but uh, look, I mean, I, I, I again, I'm honestly touched, and and just to be in that company and to be in the company of ten years of people who've who've been who've who've been finalists for these awards is just. It's amazing and I'm always blown away. I read the the Born Global um, newsletters from advance and I get to read the little postcards from other places around the world and I'm always amazed at what people can do and and not just because they're doing it overseas. I think, you know, there's always that cultural cringe thing where, you know, if it happens overseas it must be better. I've never thought that at all. Um, It's just amazing how we've spread out and how How much people can do uh, all over the world in in Australia and beyond so i i 'm blathering but but honestly quite uh, touched and humbled
0: congratulations <laughs> Sam and I think um, you know what really struck me and, and in a lot of the things in the public media about you is just showing your willingness to teach others and help others and really pulling them up as well. So maybe if we could finish with a question around um, what what motivates you on the day-to-day and how have you built this reputation as someone who really supports the growth of other people's careers?
2: I absolutely love working in the arts and I absolutely love artists i have always and had always been a huge consumer of the art so the ability to work with people who create the art is is just astounding to me i i pinch myself constantly um my real motivation of the art is the art and the artists i'm working with incredibly talented people every day of the year to create art uh and, and tell stories and to share them with thousands of other people. You know again, I just I smile even talking about it because it's just that thing that that blows me away. So being willing to help other people get into the business, so many people have been so good to me over the years. And have given me that five minutes, and have told me stories, or have told me tales of their own careers, that have really, really uh, affected the way that I think, and the way that I work, and the way that I want to be. So I find helping other people to do the same is is easy. That 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 is one of the. The things that that I never have to think twice about. I have I have always felt that anyone who ever reaches out and and wants to talk about the business wants to talk about potential career paths. I may not always be able to come up with good advice, um, although I have usually some advice. <laughs> um, but really, it's the thing. We're an ecosystem, um, and and we're a very very high risk industry and we face constant challenges and you can't really talk about current challenges in live entertainment without talking about COVID um just as an aside you know COVID is the single biggest threat probably to our industry and I I throw live entertainment but the arts generally since the last pandemic in in the early 1900s and you know Even then the theatres didn't shut down in New York as long as this one. Um, I I think it's a global threat and I think that it's something that's going to scare a lot of people away from uh, from this business. But we're an ecosystem. You can't have YouTube without writers and actors and you can't have television without music makers and filmmakers and you can't have people working in these, you know, the the same people who are making a TikTok videos are ones who are working in their high school arts programs, either behind the stage or on stage. That ecosystem is so fragile and it's so large and it affects so much. Um, While governments, I think, often identify the industry's importance They've been much, much slower in many ways to provide assistance to the industry with appropriate aid, and, and that's not peculiar to Australia but ultimately, cities require the arts, and the arts require an ecosystem and all of that is to say, the more the merrier if 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 I hadn't been told by the people who have who have mentored me and have shepherded me through this business, if I hadn't been told that I should just do it, I would have never done it. So when so when people ask me what's my advice to young people who are trying to get into the business, don't let the gatekeepers tell you why you can't do it. People get paid in this industry to tell you no. In show business across the board, there is always someone who is paid whose primary job is to say no and and my advice is don't listen to them be persistent remain humble throughout but just keep at it until you get a yes